0: Hello, and welcome, friends, to Winter Faith with Fraser. This is episode four of my podcast, and it is called The Faith of John, Part Two. So let's get into it. The Faith of John, Part Two. When we last left John, he was being comforted by his friends, Ringo, Paul, and George, you might remember, and his wife had left him. When we last left John, he was angry at God. John was angry at God. Let that sink in for a second and reflect on your own experience. When we last left John, he was trying to figure out the questions like this. God, why me? God, why have you forsaken me? When we last left John, he said to God, You have left my presence, and I know it. You have left my presence, and I know it, John said. When we last left John, he was confused, and thus we were all confused. What in the world happened to John in his life? What happened when he was this good man, righteous and faithful? Why would God punish a man who is righteous and faithful. Would he punish a man that was like this? Why would God allow the accuser of the divine counsel to frustrate the plans of a good and righteous man, John? Why did God allow bad things to happen to a good man like John? So John left his friends and he went to meet God. And as we remember, as we reflect on this, we realize that, you know, this is a story that uh, has kind of these characters, these friends of John, and it also has John and his relationship with his wife, it has John and his relationship with his sons and his daughters, we have the relationship between God and the accuser and the rest of the divine counsel, yet really the relationship really is about John and God. So, John left to meet God, and God came to John in a tornado. That's right, a tornado. And during this tornado, John began to argue and yell at God right to his face. He said to God, Why did you kill my sons and daughters? Why did you make my, li- my wife leave me? Why did you bring such miserable friends into my life? God, why did you let me lose my wealth? Why did you paralyze me? God, why, oh why? What have I done to deserve this? I am an innocent man. I am a man who represents wisdom. I am a man who is faithful and righteous to you, God. Now we remember John's friends continued to tell him he was a liar, continued to tell him he didn't deserve to claim innocence or faithfulness. They reasoned and reasoned with John, but they were doing what was not helpful to John. His friends continued to tell him to repent and stop acting so holy, they did not believe he was faithful and righteous. So let's keep this in mind as we remember God spoke to him in a tornado and God from inside the tornado came out and said to John, where were you when I created the world? Where were you when I made the ocean? Where were you when I made the stars and the moon? Where were you when I made the sun and the sea? Where were you when I made stupid sneaky snakes? Who are you, John, to question fairness in the politics of justice? Who are you to decide what's fair and right? I am in charge of the divine counsel and not you. My divine counsel has gone silent because, John, I want to tell you something. Listen closely. John, you have passed the test. John, you have passed the test. John, you have proved your faithfulness to me, God but you still need to be humble. God said to Job, you are a faithful lamenter, and you cry out for wisdom and prove your wisdom. Your friends were miserable comforters, and they gave you poor advice. Your friends disobeyed me, but you, John, did not disobey me. Let me tell you something, John, God said. You are my son, and I am well pleased with you. However, John, Don't forget your place. Go and live your life in a new way. Go and remember to be humble. And remember you aren't the first righteous person, and you won't be the last righteous person. You aren't the first wise person, John, and you won't be the last wise person. You see, John, God said, I tested you that you might have a deeper, more authentic, and more all-real faith. John, I have tested you because you needed a change in the direction of your life. You needed God to humble you, and you needed to realize that the beginning of wisdom is not with yourself, but is with me. You are small in this world, but small things can make a big difference, and small people can do big things. We can do hard things. Realize where you are, John and let go of where you used to be and be present and then god left the presence of john immediately when john left the pres- when god left the presence of john john received a phone call from his wife she said to her ex-husband john i love you and i want to ask you something i want to ask you for forgiveness i want to be with you in all your good and all your bad days. I want to be with you as you suffer and be with you in your pain. Will you take me back?" So John, with a big smile on his face, said, "'Yes, honey, I forgive you, and I will take you back.'" They renewed their vows of marriage. They had more sons and daughters, and his family was blessed. John's three friends, Ringo, George, and Paul, They came back to him and said, will you forgive us for being miserable comforters? Will you continue to play music with us, John? And he said, yes, I will forgive you. So John, Ringo, George, and Paul started a music group and they made some money. John forgot about all his pain and the loss of his wealth from previous days. And so John was blessed in his career, just as John was blessed in his marriage that had been renewed. So John had his wealth again, and he had his job too. His community loved him again, and he began to open a nonprofit organization for kids who needed mothers and fathers. He and his wife adopted some kids from the nonprofit organization that he had started, and he was once again accepted by his community. In addition, John was healed by God of his paralyzed body. He was walking and running around just like the good old days of his youth. He was overjoyed with physical, financial, relational and marital life. He was overjoyed because he had been to the desert place and he had come back to the mountaintop. John was righteous and faithful from the opening to the ending of this story. He died at an old, old age and he was very content. He and his wife hugged and kissed up to his last breath. His sons and daughters carried on the tradition of his nonprofit organization to help young boys and girls in their community. And the music that John, Paul, Ringo, and George made can still be heard today. God said to John when he got to heaven, You are my son, and with you I am well pleased, for you have been to the desert places, and you have been to the mountaintops. You have been to the peaks, and you've been to the valleys, and I have been with you. And you have been with me. All right. So, this concludes our story of the faith of John. And I hope you enjoyed this tall tale that I wrote. I have to say that this is the story of my life and maybe the story of your life. But let me give you a few observations and reflections about the tall tale that I made up called the faith of John. John is based off of the character of Job in the Bible, as we alluded to the the first time I did this. The story of Job in the Bible Bible, in the Old Testament follows a similar pattern to this story. I did take a few liberties, and I encourage you to read the Old Testament story of Job in the Bible. It's much longer than my story, but it's worth it. If you want to talk to me about Job or about John, definitely can contact me through Facebook and Twitter, and I'll try to reply, or on my website. But the first thing, just realize that this this story was based off of Job in the Bible. Some people think Job was the first book written in the Bible. I don't happen to believe that, but some people think this because of the subject matter, that if you're going to start writing the Old Testament, you're going to start writing a document or Theology or collection of library books for the Old Testament and the people of Israel following their God Yahweh, that you would have to start with the question why do good things happen to bad people? Why is there suffering in the world? And so the book of Job, some consider to be the first book because that is the specific question that is kind of wrestled with. It's not so much about the origin of evil as it As it is, how do you deal with suffering in the world? So those are the first observations. Uh, Number two observation, the accuser member of the divine council. That we talked about, the accuser, the uh, word that the NIV translates Satan, um, that other translations will say the adversary, the accuser, um, a member of the divine council. Uh, This member never speaks the rest of the story after the beginning. It's as if the accuser has been shut up by God and Job. The accuser lost. The accuser was wrong. John slash Job slash God had proven the test, and they had proven that God has proven that he's more wise than the accuser, that Job has proven to the accuser that he will be faithful despite what happens in his life. And so this is important and significant to remember that the accuser never appears again after the opening of the book the accuser is a loser all right number three job's friends are a part of his journey they are not perfect and job and john calls them miserable comforters even god will say they're miserable at the end of the story but honestly we are all miserable comforters no one is perfect But the key thing is that Job's friends showed up, and they were present, and they did the best they could with their abilities. We can learn from Job's friends. They showed up, and let's remember at the beginning, John sat with his friends for three days in silence, and they allowed silence to happen. Also, let's remember that John talked first. John's friends were determined to listen and sit at the beginning, And John has the first word. So when we're trying to talk to people, and we remember this from last week, when we're trying to comfort people in grief, let's let them have the first word. Let's not determine who speaks first. Let's remember that we need to listen before we talk. We have one mouth and two ears. It's been noted. So let's listen up and listen first before we speak. All right. Number four. Job did nothing wrong. John did nothing wrong. John did not sin. John, this character, was a righteous innocent sufferer that was faithful at the start and at the end. He was righteous and faithful all the way through. John was a person of wisdom throughout the whole narrative. And John does not need to confess sin. John does not need to feel guilty. John is not guilty. However, john does change john is not a flat character job is not a flat character Um, john is humbled by god because he rethinks his relationship to god in the world john rethinks what he has been given and how he will give back to his community so let's let's you know remember remember this number five job is with God, and God is with Job, and God interacts with John in a meaningful way. God does not send others to speak to John, but God comes and faces John face to face, and so God talks to John in a genuine and real way. The relationship is not fake. The relationship is real between John and God, and so God listens to John John laments and confronts God, and God is fine with that. God is fine with whatever John hears, and and we need to, to be able to see this in the story. Okay, so these are kind of some five observations. So now what? Some of you might be thinking, okay, that was kind of a crazy story. I don't really know what to do with it. Well, I completely understand that. Because every day, we all have stories in life that are kind of crazy. Um, We all have times in our life that are kind of, um, we can't really explain what happened. Uh, For example, this past week, um, I was in a car accident. And also, just in the past few days, my father was in a car accident. And so we are both physically okay. However... In case you're worried about that, we're both okay, physically okay, mentally okay. However, um, we probably, my dad and I will probably never look at that same road and that same intersection in the same way because where the accident occurs is going to change how we look at that road. So we are both changed by this. Ironically, my dad had an accident in the same place that I also had a car accident uh, when I was in middle school and I was riding with some friends. So for my Oshkosh listeners out year, out there, you probably know this intersection. It's on Murdoch Road, and it's a terrible intersection. There's probably been more people that have had accidents there since that. My dad had an accident just a few days ago. But so life, life is like this, though. We have experiences that are not our fault. Maybe they're not anybody's fault. Sometimes they're somebody's fault. But these experiences, they change us. So don't go through life in autopilot. Don't go through life not observing the world around you. Make observations about the world, observe the world. Be willing to be changed and be willing to change experiences. Let people, places and things mold and shape you. Um, And if you are willing to admit this, maybe even God is behind some of the people and the places and the relationships in your life. Maybe God is behind them, and we have to be willing to give credit to God where credit is due. So now, I'm not saying that I believe that God caused the accident, um, but I am saying that I believe God is present with me and others in the accident. The woman who hit me um, in the car accident, she said, You know, you're so kind and patient. And I said, well, life has taught me to be kind and patient. Have I always been kind and patient? Of course not. In the future, will I always be kind and patient? Of course not. However, if I'm willing to let my experience in life and my experience with God, my experience with the world to be shaped and formed, I will see that that has allowed me to be kind and patient. And so maybe if I'm kind and patient with myself, I'll be kind and patient with others. Maybe if I let accidents and trouble and desert periods in my life mold and shape me and humble me, I'll be more open to being shaped and humbled in other experiences. And I do believe that God is is testing me and creating me. And I believe that that God is is always at work within me. And what exactly his is God up to? I'm not sure, but I believe God is shaping me as a chaplain, as a minister, as a grief counselor, as a teacher, um, as a son, as a brother, that God is always testing and creating things within my life. So this is a difficult message for many of us to accept, and we might, like, we might not like the story of John or the story of Job in the Bible. It might frighten us. It might it might scare us. But I think there's comfort in me that knowing that God is behind it. That that's not some um, evil um, person out to get me. And it might times feel like God is our enemy. And I'm sure for John and Job they feel like God is our enemy sometimes. And I feel like God is my enemy sometimes. However. Um, If we allow ourselves to think, like, okay, God is behind this. You know, John didn't blame something else. Um, John confronted God. So in your life, when you're going through something, maybe you're not a believer in God at all, but you're saying, okay, the world. Will I allow the world to shape me? Will I confront the world? Will I be brave enough to confront the world? Or will I be on autopilot and not allow myself to be shaped and changed? And ironically, you're gonna be shaped and changed no matter what, by what happens in your life, by the desert periods in your life, by the divorces, the breakups, the hangups, the um, possible deaths of good friends in your life, whatever whatever is going on, the loss of jobs in your life, we all are presented with something in our life. And so those things are gonna shape us. But if we're more willing to be proactive and assertive with those experiences in our life, I think we will have a growth in character. And we will have a growth in how we look at the world and how we treat people. So, I my message today is may God allow, may you allow God to shape and mold you today. May you allow life and the world to shape and mold you today. Don't be a flat character. Be a character willing to be changed. May you be humble and righteous as John was humble and righteous. All right, well, that is all I have for today. I really, really thank you for listening. I've gotten some feedback from people this past week that was very encouraging. And so I asked you to just please leave comments and feedback on my Facebook page as I post it on there, on my Twitter as I post it there leave feedback on um, itunes i am officially on itunes so you can go and look up winter faith with fraser and you can leave a review i have a couple of reviews right now on itunes and so i really appreciate those reviews and i just you know i just want to be in constant communication with anything i can do for my family and my friends i have so many people in my life going through so much um, right now and that stretches all over the country with people that have been willing to listen, and so it's been a great, um, um, a great time in my life to see how others' stories, and so I've had people talk to me about their stories, and that's so powerful. So I just encourage you to, to share your stories with people, you know, whoever it is. So once again, I just really appreciate you listening. This has been Andy Frazier, and this has been Winter Faith with Frazier. Andy out.